0: Hey everyone, my name is Jason Parker, and I want to welcome you to the Coastal Church Podcast. I'm super excited for you to hear this message. We believe that God wants to speak to us, and we hope that you're open to hear what He has to say to you today. Enjoy. So, tonight we land the plane on our Living from Purpose sermon series and just kind of walk through the first number of sermons that we did just to kind of summarize it. Then we're going to land the plane here this evening. With, uh, with kind of a message that's really a lot more from my heart um, than maybe some of the other messages were, um, just sharing from my heart with you tonight. But the, the first sermon we talked about was this idea of God being a purposeful God, and that we were created from purpose, that we don't come up with our own purpose on our own, that God made humanity, and he made us for a purpose. And so we get our purpose from God, who created everything with a purpose. Everything was created through him and for him, and ultimately for the glory of God. And so we discover our purpose by going back to God and discovering, A, what our original purpose is, but also the unique plan God has for our lives. And then um, James talked about, in the second week, this idea of purposeful directives. There's times when God shows up in your life in a kind of burning bush moment and gives you specific direction for what you ought to do. I want you to go here, and I want you to do this specific thing, and oftentimes, it's a supernatural moment. It's a moment, a burning bush moment. You ever hear that, that saying before? Well, it's a moment where God shows up so supernaturally and it is crystal clear. Let me tell you, if God showed up to you in a burning bush that didn't actually burn and started speaking out of the bush, would you say that, yeah, I think uh, God's trying to say something here? We have those moments in our lives, and they are actually few, generally speaking, but you have moments in your life where God shows up and gives you specific clear directions supernaturally. And there's some of us in this room, we've had those moments, right? Where God just made something so clear, I'm supposed to go here and do this at this specific time. God gives purposeful directives. But then for a lot of us here in the room, and for most of our Christian lives, everyone speaking here, there's these in-between times. We don't live on the mountain all the time, Most of us live in the valley, going to -to day-to-day operations. We don't have those burning bush moments every time. For Moses, it was a -a once-in-a-lifetime experience. And so the question is, what is our purpose kind of in the in-betweens, in between those moments? Or in between the moments where maybe you don't have a directive from God and you don't know what to do? And AJ kind of talked to us last week. The very first thing we should do was what? Pray. 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 Before anything else, not at the end of everything else, when you don't know what to do, pray. Before anything else happens, when you don't know what to do, our very first directive in the in-between times is to pray. And then if we find ourselves we don't know what to do in the in-betweens, a thing I would encourage you to do is read the New Testament, Paul's writings and the teachings of Jesus, and follow what Jesus and Paul and the other authors of Scripture direct us to do. Because there's certain things that we just know we're all called to do. How many know we're all called to love one another? Amen How many all know we're called to serve one another? Amen? How many know we're called to share our faith? Like there's certain things that God has called us to do just all the time, just to be obedient to. And so there's purpose in the in-betweens. But tonight, I want to talk about a little bit of a niche thing. I want to talk about purpose-filled calling. I'm going to talk about this idea of calling. Back in the day, Um, People would come to churches, and they would do a thing called preach the call. You ever tell that before? Okay, we have two people. That's okay, because I'll try to explain what that is. They would come to a church or at a particular service. They would preach what's called preach the call. And what it was, it was an invitation for people to actually respond to serve God in like a full-time capacity. Now, how many of y'all know we are all called to serve God with our lives? Amen? Amen. All of us are called in response to what Jesus did for us on the cross to lay down our bodies as living sacrifices. Amen? That's actually how we worship. But for some specific people, that looks a little bit different it looks like their specific call is actually giving up their life into a lifestyle of ministry, a calling. We're all called to give our lives as living sacrifices, but God calls some specific individuals to give their life in the form of ministry. And so tonight, that's what I want to talk about. I want to talk about this idea of calling. And I'm going to begin by sharing a little bit of my sense of calling. When I was like eight or nine years old, I was serving in my church that I went to, and actually had a really positive experience in the church I grew up in. It was more of like a traditional liturgical church, and I kind of served and helped um, in different ways. And I remember just a few years ago, I remember thinking back to as a young kid serving in my church doing what I was doing, and I remember specifically sensing that God actually was calling me then. And I didn't recognize it until more recently over the last few years, but I specifically remember God speaking to me about me being called into ministry. And you kind of fast forward from me being like eight or nine years old and doing that and sensing the call. Then when I was about 12 years old, I went to the church, another church in my town, and I called it the Forbidden Church because we were forbidden to go there. And how many know back in the day, it was really, really wrong to go to a different church, right? Can, can I say that here? Is that Okay. <laughs> Well, where I grew up, it like was really, really wrong to go to a different church. And I went to this church because I was curious, and ultimately because God actually was doing something in my life. And when I went to this little church, I had all these dear old saints who were like praying people, and they would tell me that like you know God had a plan for my life. I'm like, okay, okay. And so I had this sense that God had something for my life. And then fast forward through my teenage years, and I kind of walked as far away from God as you possibly can. I got into partying and drinking and all kinds of nasty stuff I shouldn't have, and I was running away from God. But the whole time I was in that, I had this sense, looking back now, from the Holy Spirit, that God had a plan for my life and that I was being called into ministry. Even then, I had the sense that there was something there. And kind of fast forward to when I was 18, and and I made this crazy commitment to God, and I have no idea, like, at the time, why I did it. I said, God, if you let our hockey team win provincials, I'll give you the rest of my life. And so as a grade 12 student in Canso, we went to provincials and we won. And I knew at that point in time that God wanted my life. And so I gave up smoking pot, drinking, partying. I surrendered everything to God. But I didn't have a clue what was next. I mean, there were no other Christians my age in my whole town. Everyone thought I was weird because I was the party dude. And all of a sudden, I'm showing up at parties. I'm not doing the stuff they're doing. And I felt like, uh, I felt just so out of place. But I knew God had wanted something for my life. And in that summer, a mission teams came to my town, and they were sharing about the love of Jesus and how Jesus has the power to change people's lives. And they came on their day off to come and share Jesus. And, like, I was already a Christian at that point in time, but God did something so profound in my heart. Like, I was sitting on the hillside watching these folks do ministry, and God burst something in me, like, this is what I'm called to do for the rest of my life. It was, like, a defining calling moment where I knew in my heart of hearts, I was called to give the rest of my entire life to share the love of Jesus with as many people as possible. And so that was kind of my moment of calling. And, you know, one of my jobs, kind of fast forward a few more years, I worked at Kingswood University, which is like a Bible college, where we train people who are feeling a call into ministry. And so I worked in admissions. So my job was to travel around and recruit people who were sensing maybe they were called into ministry. And so um, I would travel around and speak at different youth groups and different things like that. But it, it was different than like a typical admissions person in a university. In a, like a regular university, admissions counselors are trying to get as many students enrolled as possible. And so they get as many people graduating the high school, recruit you, come to our school, our school's really awesome. One of the things that we've, I would use and was kind of in our print material, I would go around and tell people, and this was literally in print, Kingswood University is probably not for you. Worked real well as a recruiting strategy. <laughs> Kingswood University is probably not for you unless you are sensing a call into full-time ministry. And so that's what I would go around. And so part of my job, which I absolutely loved, was sitting down with 18-year-olds and 19-year-olds and 17-year-olds And helping them discern whether God was calling them into full time ministry. And I just, I loved my job because I loved partnering with what God was doing in some of the lives of these students. But then, fast forward to today, you know, we're talking about this idea of calling. And last Monday, we have our all staff meetings every Monday at Yarmouth Wesleyan. And we had a prayer time where we were praying for our vision. And our vision, as you all know, is taking Jesus into every community of Southwest Nova. And, like, I dislike visions that actually don't become reality, okay? And one of the things I love about our vision is I believe it's God-ordained and that God wants to do it. And so I was praying into our vision, God, I want to see more churches in Southwest Nova. I wanna, I, God, I want to see more churches in our entire province. And so we were praying collectively that God would help us fulfill our vision. And as I was praying, God just put that scripture from Matthew chapter 9 in my heart. The harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Pray to the Lord of harvest to send out workers into the field. In other words, Lord, would you raise up people that are called to serve in full-time ministry? And so that's kind of what I was praying into, and I long to see Southwest Nova transformed by the gospel of Jesus. Amen? I long to see our province in particular, the rural communities of Nova Scotia, transformed by a gospel presence because there's so many communities across our province that don't have a gospel presence. And I'm like, God, like, I just want you to do something. I want you to move in our province in a way you never have before. And it's led me to pray for workers, that God would raise up workers. And I'm, I'm really okay with God sending workers from all over the world to come to Nova Scotia to preach the gospel and see lost people come to know Jesus, But one of the things that I sense specifically that God wants to do is God actually wants to call and raise up people from our own network. God wants to call and raise up people from South Church, from Yarmouth Wesleyan, and in particular for us here tonight. God wants to raise up and call people from Coastal Church that are called to lay down their life for the sake of the gospel. Now, hear me out. All of us are called to lay down our lives for Jesus, but I'm believing prayerfully some people are called to actually lay down their life in the form of ministry. So for a lot of you in this room tonight, this message is probably not for you. <laughs> but it's still helpful for us to hear. But for a few of you, this message might be exactly what you need. And I also have the sense too, there's some of you who have already said yes to Jesus. And this message is a reminder to you that the call is worth it and that you are indeed called. Because for me, in the first service as I was worshiping, I just had this overwhelming sense of resolving to embrace the call that God has put on my life. And so for some of you tonight, it might be, yes, Lord. (laughs) Reluctantly or not, I know I am called, and I just want to continue to say yes to you. And I want us tonight to look at the story of calling. I want us to look at the story of Jeremiah. Jeremiah. And we're going to kind of dive into the text here a little bit, and then have an invitation to prayer at the end. But let's just kind of walk a little bit through the story of Jeremiah. So I just finished reading Jeremiah yesterday, and Jeremiah is a beast of a book on every level. It's the longest book in all of Scripture, and it is, it is a tough slug. I mean, I know you got Leviticus up there, but in terms of like going through heart-wrenching, heartbreaking stuff, it is like... It's a a tough read. I'll just put that out there. Um, Because Jeremiah is just going through so much. He's going through so much heartache, so much pain. Jeremiah is kind of like this building and building and building and building of consequence after consequence after consequence. And Jeremiah gets the fun task of announcing to people, okay, all the stuff that the other prophets warned you about, I'm here to tell you it's going down today. So it's coming, and it's here right now. That was Jeremiah's task. And so God commands Jeremiah in chapter 36 to basically make a chronology of all of his messages and his ministry over the span of 20 years. And so he gets this guy named Barak to put together poems and sermons and essays and his calling all into kind of one, one book. And Jeremiah was an Israelite priest who lived in Jerusalem And he was there the final decades until the southern kingdom of Judah actually fell. And he was called as a prophet to deliver severe consequences that were coming to the people of Babylon. That that God was going to destroy Jerusalem and he was going to send the people into exile. And so Jeremiah lived through some tough days. He lived through the siege of Jerusalem, can you imagine? And lived through the destruction and then witnessed God's people being sent into exile, just as God had promised if people had broke their covenant. That's what he got to live through. That's what he got to minister into. It was rugged in every stretch of the imagination. But Barak starts off the book of Jeremiah with Jeremiah's call. And so in Jeremiah chapter 1, verse 1 to 10, this is what we have. The words of Jeremiah, the son of Hilkiah, One of the priests who were in Anathoth, in the land of Benjamin, to whom the word of the Lord came in the days of Josiah, the son of Ammon, king of Judah, in the 13th year of his reign. It It came also in the days of Jehoiakim, the son of Josiah, king of Judah, and until the end of the 11th year of Zedekiah, the son of Josiah, king of Judah, until the captivity of Jerusalem in the fifth month. Now the word of the Lord came to me, saying, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I consecrated you. I appointed you a prophet to the nations." Then I said, Lord God, behold, I do not know how to speak, for I'm only a youth. But the Lord said to me, do not say I'm only a youth. For to all to whom I send you, you shall go. And whatever I command you, you shall speak. Do not be afraid of them, for I am with you to deliver you, declares the Lord. Then the Lord put out his hand and touched my mouth. And the Lord said to me, behold, I put my words in your mouth. See, I've set you this day over nations and over kingdoms to pluck up and to break down, to destroy and to overthrow, to build and to plant. I want to head back to verse 5, because this is where we're going to camp out here for a few moments. Now, the word of the Lord came to me, saying, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I consecrated you. I appointed you a prophet to the nations. Before Jeremiah did anything, God had this plan in his heart for Jeremiah. One of the things I used to love about my job at Kingswood is I got to sat down with students that God had a specific plan for as it relates to calling. And I got to prayerfully dream with God about what God had in store for some of those people. And I know many of us, like I did growing up in a, in a teenager, went into this church I wasn't supposed to go to, and people said to me, God has a plan for your life. Well, they were actually hearing from God. And they often quoted the Jeremiah 29, 11, which is one of the mis- Quoted scriptures, and all of the scriptures. For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. And Jeremiah, God had a plan for Jeremiah. And it's amazing because God used him in the most horrendous tragedy the people of Israel experienced in the Old Testament, the exile. And in the the middle of that tragedy, God spoke to the people of Israel and says, For I know the plans I have for you. Plans not to harm you, but to prosper you, to give you a hope and a future. And I think for some of us, we tend to really self-disqualify ourselves for lots of different reasons. What I find amazing is God had a plan for Jeremiah, and God had a plan for God's people. And God used Jeremiah to inspire his people. He wrote this to people in exile when they thought, all hope is lost to say, God has a plan for you. And that plan is to be part of the story that God's writing. How many of you believe in this room that God is writing a story? I believe that God has been writing a story and he is writing a story and he will write a story. And we're all called to be part of the story that God is writing. And some of us are called to do a unique role like Jeremiah in this story. And so the biggest part for us is discerning what part do we play in this story? And has God uniquely called us to play a part in this story? And one of the reasons we'll know that is if the word of the Lord comes to you like it came to Jeremiah. The Bible says, the word of the Lord came to Jeremiah. God spoke. It's going back to that purposeful directives piece that we talked about with Moses. Jeremiah had a burning bush moment. The word of the Lord came to him. It didn't come from Jeremiah. The word came from the Lord. And for some of you, the Holy Spirit has this ability to speak to you and saying, I'm calling you to something specific, and it's with your entire life. It's kind of a both and. And don't get me wrong, that should feel a little weighty. That should feel like, whew, man, that's, that's a lot. Well, yeah, it's your entire life. It, there is a weight to it. There is, a, there is a sense of like, you're calling me to lay down my life for this. Yes, that's part of the call, and that's what Jeremiah felt. But there's good news here because God formed him, the scripture says. He says, before I knew you, I formed you. It's the same word we have from Genesis chapter 2 about God forming people. I marvel at Jeremiah because Jeremiah went through some rugged things, okay? If, as you read through his story, you discover there was like assassination attempts on this prophet for some of the stuff that he was saying. Not only were there assassination attempts, there was actually attempts that almost went through, like, in one instance, Jeremiah was left in a pit, and the scripture says he was literally stuck in the mud, left for dead, while Jerusalem is being besieged, okay? So there's no food, and he was left for dead. So it was multiple times, Jeremiah, in the midst of his ministry, his life was threatened, and yet he still did his ministry. Like, like when you see someone go through something like that, like, if y'all started to try to kill me, you think I'd, like, give it up? I know I'd be certainly tempted to. But Jeremiah had this sense of, of being formed. Like, God had prepared him in advance to endure the stuff he was enduring. And I marvel at that. I marvel at how God prepares people in advance in the moment and in the future for the stuff that God has for him. I think of the story of Joseph and how God had to like form him in the prison and in Potiphar's house before he was ready for the palace, right? In the same way, God prepares us, and forms us, and he molds us according to our calling and the things he has in store for us. And he takes into account your personality that he formed, your passions that he formed, your gifts that God's given you that he's formed. That's all part of this idea of calling. And once God forms us, he also, there's this old world called, word called consecrate. He consecrated Jeremiah, the scripture says. In other words, he set Jeremiah apart for the purpose that God had for him. Before Jeremiah was born, God had a predetermined plan to set apart Jeremiah. In other words, his whole life, everything was set apart for God's service. And we have different examples in Scripture that somewhat specific detail, actually, of people that were set apart for God's purposes, like Samson, a Nazarite, like John the Baptist. And there were certain things that these people who were specifically set apart for certain tasks, there were certain things that everyone else could indulge in and do, but they couldn't because they had a specific call. There were certain things that were okay for them, but God said, not for you. There's a different purpose for your life. And ultimately, the Holy Spirit wants to set apart our lives. Now, every single one of us in this room, God, the Holy Spirit, wants to fill you and set apart your life for service. That's just what he wants to do. He wants every fabric of your being set apart to honor and glorify him and to serve him in whatever you are called to do. And for some of you, that's care for your family well. For some of you, that's working your nine to five. For some of you, it's, it's different for every person. But I'm here to tell you tonight, some of you, God wants to fill you with the Holy Spirit and give you the power to have your entire life set apart for advancing the kingdom and spreading the gospel. And that's some of you in this room that I believe God is calling you to to that feeling of surrender, that feeling of going all in, that feeling of God is appointing me to something. I don't got it all figured out, and you won't, because it's faith. When Jesus called the disciples, he didn't map out the entire life plan for them. It was just a simple, drop your nets, come follow me. And they were like, yes, I believe I'm called to follow the master. So by faith, I'm going to make the next steps and say yes to Jesus with my entire life. I'm going to give my life to the master. And so, some of us are waiting for all the details and all the things, and I just would tell you, don't be surprised if that never comes, because this journey is a walk by faith and not by sight. It's a trusting in this unseen hand that leads us step by step, but there's also this invisible sense of, like, God, I know you have called me to something specific. There's this, oftentimes in the Old Testament, the prophets receive a burden. It's like this this unshakable passion that God downloads into you that you simply cannot shake. It's more than just, like, a job, and you kind of, like, go home, and you're, like, you, you kind of punch out of the clock. It's more than just, like, this sense of that. It's a sense of, like, there's nothing else I can do. I just... I have to do this thing that you've put before me. I have to do this appointment. That's so much more than showing up to your doctor for appointment, but it's the idea of like, I am called for the rest of my life to this thing. And people that are called need that, because there's so many times in the life of a calling where you feel like maybe throwing the towel in. Like just think about Jeremiah. You're down there, 100 feet down or whatever, in a pit. Left for dead. Think he wants to pack it in? Give it up? Probably. If I was him, I would. Or like people literally making threats against your life that you become aware of. It's in the scripture. It's crazy. People are trying to kill Jeremiah multiple times. You think you want to give it up if people are trying to do that? Yep. But you know what Jeremiah says, though? This is what he says when he's himself is wrestling with this sense of calling. And I love this passage of scripture. This is Jeremiah 20. It says, For whenever I speak, I cry out, I shout, violence and destruction. For the word of the Lord, like his calling of delivering these messages from God, The word of the Lord that God has placed in me that I'm called to deliver to the people of Israel, to all the surrounding nations, to the people of Babylon, to individual kings, the message that you've given me to deliver is a hard, difficult word that people don't want to hear. He's saying this word has become for me a reproach and derision all day long. And he says, if I say I will not mention him or speak any more in his name, There is in my heart, as it were, a burning fire shut up in my bones. And I'm weary with holding it in, and I cannot. There was a sense in Jeremiah that I have this unshakable thing that I am called to do, and I just cannot hold it in because I'm called to it. I'm appointed to this specific job. I think there are saints who are 75 years old, who have said yes to the call to Jesus. Like, if you ever get a chance to sit down and talk with a missionary who have lived their entire years of serving God overseas, ask them about their calling, and if there's anything else they could do. You know, back in the day, this is so hardcore, and it convicts me, it's like, back in the day, when people said yes to going on the mission field, you know what they packed their personal possessions in? Their casket. Because Oh, that convicts me. Because when they went overseas, they knew and responded and said yes to God in such a way that they knew that they were going to die there. They were giving their entire life to that call. Now, hear me out. That's not a weight or conviction that's on everyone in this room. We're all called to different things. But some of us are called to give our lives for the sake of the gospel. And if you talk to some of these saints who are 75 years old and lived out this calling... They would say, I just, there's nothing else. It's like Jeremiah. I can't hold it in. There's nothing else I can do. And for them, I bet you a lot of them would say, yeah, I I don't retire. I just keep doing this until I go to be with Jesus. It's this idea of your whole life being laid down. Like for me, like I just know I'm called to share Jesus with people until the day I die. I'm called to help raise up people to be sent out in a mission. That's just what I'm appointed to do and called to do. And it's not because I'm anything special. As a matter of fact, it's probably the opposite. God uses the foolish things in this world to confound the wise. But he does work in people. And sometimes God appoints us to specific areas. Like in Jeremiah's case, the scriptures teach us that I appointed you a prophet to the nations. Now, Jeremiah probably needed to hear that at the beginning of his call because he got moved from Jerusalem. If God, you know, if you are a prophet who grew up in Jerusalem, you did your ministry in Jerusalem, and then all of a sudden, by circumstances out of your control, someone imprisoned you and took you to a different country, I think you might be a little confused about your calling. Like, if someone just put, like, Imprisoned me and took me to Timbuktu, I'd be scratching my head about what God's will is. God, I thought you called me here. But God, in His sovereignty, in His wisdom, told Jeremiah from the beginning, I've called you to be a prophet to the nations. So when you're in Egypt, you're still called. When you're in Jerusalem and you're seeing God's very people sent into Exxon to another country, you're still called. You're still called when I've called you to deliver messages of rebukes to other nations about the consequences that's going to come for them, even though they might not like it, and even though they might want to kill you too, you're still called. So don't be afraid, and give the words that God has spoken you to give. It's no wonder Jeremiah's first reaction in verse six was this. Then I said, oh, I can feel the weight of this. Lord God, behold, I don't know how to speak, for I'm only a youth. But the Lord said to me, Do not say I'm only a youth, for to all whom I send you you shall go, and whatever I command you, you shall speak. Do not be afraid of them, for I am with you to deliver you, declares the Lord. Then the Lord put out his hand and touched my mouth, the touch of heaven. And the Lord said to me, Behold, I put my words in your mouth. See, I have set you this day over nations and over kingdoms to pluck up and to break down, to destroy and overthrow, to build and to plant. invite the worship team to come. it's natural for our reaction to the call of god to self disqualify to say like jeremiah i'm a youth and i don't know how to speak it's natural for us to have all kinds of reasons that to say to ourselves of why we can't do it because we're human And God is calling us to things. God is calling some of you to things that are way bigger than you that you cannot do. So when you look inside of yourself and you sense and see the thing that God's called you to, you do the math and you're like, ain't gonna happen. I don't got the goods. I don't have what it takes. I'm too young. My family's too messed up. I got too much baggage. I've got problems. I'm dysfunctional. Whatever the case may be, it's normal for us to self-disqualify, but it's not right. Because we're actually not doing math God's way. It's not you plus you equals calling an appointment. It's God has called you and going to give you the resources necessary to do the thing he's called you to do. It's Moses standing before the sea with an army at his back, with the nations he's responsible for, and him not knowing what to do. Moses couldn't part the sea, but you know who could? A God who formed the mountains and sets the ocean in its place. This same God gave Moses the power, and the sea was parted. God showed up. Some of you in the room are self-disqualifying yourself because you don't feel like you're good enough. You don't feel like you have what it takes. You feel like you've got too much sin in your life. You feel like you're not good at speaking. There's lots of different reasons we self-disqualify ourselves. And there's a reason why through most of Scripture, people that were called and appointed by God did the same thing. What did Moses say? I can't speak. What did Jeremiah say? I can't speak. What are you saying? What's your reason for not saying yes to the call that God has in your life? This unshakable thing that God has been stirring in your bones. What's the thing that's holding you back from saying yes to going all in for Jesus? And I just encourage you, stop self-disqualifying. We serve a God who moves mountains. We serve a God who can deliver from every trial and tribulation. We serve a God who has the power to set us free. We serve a God who can take a dysfunctional, roped up, messed up kid from a small, nowhere's town and go and declare the goodness of God, the foolish things of this world to confound the wise. And so I'm here to tell you tonight, if if God's calling you, to go all in? Say yes. Say yes before you get it all figured out because the chances are God's not going to map out the plan for you in advance. He wants you to trust him by faith. But the good news is he rewards those who earnestly and diligently seek him. He has incredible plans for your life. Now for some of you in this room, it means just going all in whatever he's called you to. It might not be this moment where you're called into ministry and called to give up everything to go all in for ministry. It's just saying, yes, Jesus, you have my yes. I surrender all to you, and I will give whatever it takes to see your kingdom advance. And that's good, and that's pleasing to God. But some of you in this room, I believe, maybe it's just one, God is calling you to lay it all down to advance his kingdom, to say yes to him. To surrender all. In a moment, we're going to have a prayer time. And if you need prayer for something else tonight, um, I want to invite you at the end of the service, after the last song here, to come up for prayer. We'd love to pray for you. But tonight, as Brett leads us in a song of surrender, as the song's being played, if you feel like God is speaking to you individually about being called to lay it all down for the sake of the gospel, to go all in and saying, Jesus, I believe you're doing something in my heart where I'm called to serve you in ministry, whatever that looks like. I want to invite you to come up for prayer. And I'd love for them to pray for you. And don't be surprised if God does something really unique in your heart. Would you stand to your feet? We really hope that this message has motivated you to go deeper in your relationship with Jesus. And has inspired you to join us in our mission to take Jesus into every community of Southwest Nova. If you have any questions about the sermon, if you want to know how you can get involved, send us an email at office at We'd love to get connected with you. Have a great day.